morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Converge Live. We would like to welcome you this morning. If this is your first time viewing online or with us in person, my name is Pastor Wendy Harmon, and then Pastor Ray and I serve this most wonderful, if you can say most wonderful, this most wonderful congregation. We are exceptionally excited today because it is our third anniversary. And so we want to give all glory and praise unto the Lord. And I just wanted to stir up your faith. This morning when I was doing my daily devotional, if you could run me my Bible, if you could look right here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so sorry. How are you? Pastor Ray and I were praying in the back and we were so excited about our anniversary that we we're running to get to service. But this is a good day to praise the Lord. But this morning, in my morning devotional, <laughs> I was reading, oh, and there wow. was a scripture, it was Proverbs 21, 31. And it said, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance and victory belongs to the Lord. And I thought Thank about you. that in, in reference to Converge Church. I felt like, oh my goodness, we are that horse. We are that horse that has just been preparing, preparing to receive people, praying, believing God, saying, God, have you called us to this thing? But today we stand in this facility being able to declare that all glory, all victory, all deliverance to this point comes from the Lord. It isn't anything that we've done for ourselves. So you might not be that excited, but we are so excited because you weren't there all the days we cried and we said, oh God, did you call us to this? You weren't there when people were leaving and we were saying, oh God, did you call us to this? You weren't there when we were standing embarrassed, begging people for space to meet. You weren't there when the Angelica Theater was allowing other churches to meet while we were under contract. You weren't in here when we put a contract on here and the realtor was walking other churches through. You weren't there on Facebook when another church had put the picture of this building and said, give to this, and we had a contract. Oh, but today, but today, but today, oh God, we say thank you. We say thank you, you've been so faithful. Now hear me clearly. I'm not mad at anybody. We thank God for the journey. A church is still the family of God. So I'm not throwing shade on anybody. But what I am gonna do today is I'm gonna bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, I'm gonna praise his holy name because he's been so good. So you might not have been believing for a building, but maybe you were believing for healing. You might not have been believing for a building, but maybe you were believing for a relationship. Whatever it is, God is faithful. And do you know what? He's been so good. So good to this point that if he didn't give us this building, do you know what? He would still be worthy of all of our honor, all of our glory, all of our praise. So we are going to celebrate three years of God's faithfulness. I always tell our congregation we are just a little church that could, but we serve a big, big God who has done it all. Let us pray, oh most gracious and everlasting Father. Oh God, we just say thank you. You've been so good. We commit this time and this celebration, these few moments to you. We ask in Jesus' name that our worship of you be acceptable in your sight. We welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. We say, have your way. We wanna do a celebration, but God, what is it you wanna do at 
1611 Wilmoth Road today. We welcome you. We ask that you sit, but we will lift up the name of Jesus. And as we do so, Lord, we know that you'll draw men to you, change our hearts, and help us never get comfortable in your blessing, in your favor, and in your sovereignty. We love you so much. It is in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Let us worship together. Amen. Let's continue to stand and praise our God. Let our praises show that we serve a big God. Amen. Come on, everybody. Yay. Mm. Come on, clap your hands right here.
God is. He's not a man that he shall lie. And every word that he's spoken over your life, it shall come to pass. It shall, come on, somebody just put that in the atmosphere. Say, it shall come to pass. Because our God is a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. Hallelujah. He's a man of his word. Whatever he says, it shall come to pass. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands and get a praise on your lips. Hallelujah, all of the worshipers all over the building just begin to thank God and worship him. Hallelujah, for what he is doing in your life. Uh, hallelujah, or, or better yet, just for who he is. Oh God, we worship you just for who you are. You are a way maker. You are a miracle worker. You are a promise keeper. That is who you are. That is who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Darkness, my God, that is who you are. 
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Way make miracle working. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are. Way make miracle working. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 You are the Yes, 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 yes. Make some noise for the Lord. 
You know, I'm going to pray in just a second, so if you'd like to be seated, I'm just going to share a couple scriptures with you. Um, Today is a very special day. Okay, it's not just because we get to hear the vision from our leaders. It's not just because it's the third anniversary celebration of Converge Church. Yeah, make some noise for that. But it's also the day, praise God, that we break our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I don't know about you, but in my time of fasting and being in prayer and really, as Pastor Wendy said, separating from worldly things, I feel like the Lord reminded me of a particular set of verses that I'm going to read, but I want to give you a little context before I do, simply because there are some very strong parallels to this miracle that the Lord performs in Scripture to where we are as a church. See, a lady loses her husband, and she has a debt. I'm going to give you some context, and then I'll get into the verses. Um, and, and, and she has nothing to pay it. And so the only option she has is to give up her two sons for slavery in order to satisfy that debt. So she goes to the prophet Elisha and says, can you help me? I have nothing. And Elisha said, yeah, what would you need? What do you need? You know, what do you have? And she said, I have nothing but a small jar of oil. And I'm going to pick up in verse three. We may have it on the screen. Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Another translation says, go gather and borrow as many jars and vessels as you can find. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not any left. Then the oil stopped flowing. So here's, here's the word, I believe, for Converge Church. Pastor Ray, for three years, been a lot of borrowing, gathering, a lot of resources, facilities. And I feel like the Lord's saying those days are done. Now it's time to ready and prepare the jars. Because watch this. When the jars are in place, when the vessels are prepared, the oil will begin to flow. And it won't just be an abundance of oil, a multiplication of oil, but a miraculous overflow of oil in this house, in this season, as we ready and prepare the jars. Now watch this. If that is indeed a prophetic word from God for this house, and you're a part of this house, that word's for you. I don't know what you came to church with this morning. I don't know what you've been praying for or asking God to do, but here's what I can tell you. Get the jars ready. Get the vessels ready, because the oil is coming. The oil is going to begin to flow in and through in abundance. But watch this, you may say, get the jars ready, what does that mean? Let's look at the scriptures. As she was preparing and readying the vessels, it was just obedience. She obeyed, and through her obedience, she gathered, she prepared, and then God did the miraculous. Bow your heads. You you know what, let's stand. Bow your heads. Or you don't stand, sorry. My bad. We're about to do a workout. I'll just, you know. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a three-year anniversary. We thank you for your oil. Lord, I pray that you would seal that word in our hearts. I pray that you would ready our hearts right now for whatever it is that you're going to speak through Pastor Ray. I pray that every every aspect of this service, that you would just begin to move. 
I pray that the people that need to hear a word in due season, a fresh anointed word, would fall on this place today. Just as Peter speaking to the non-Jews in Acts, as he began to speak, the spirit of the Lord fell on the people. God, I ask that you would move in that way right here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. shout out and hello to our Converge family online as well. Thank you for joining us. Yes, we have people all over the world that join us online. So we want to say a hello, good day, afternoon, morning to you, whatever time it is you're watching. If it's your first time with us here, we want to say welcome. We are so glad you decided to join us on our special anniversary celebration and Vision Sunday. Um, you may have noticed that we don't have Children's Church or the students um, back there today because we want you all to be here for this milestone celebration, but we will pick up with it next week. So thank you for your patience and bringing the kiddos and students in. Um, also, if it's your first time with us, we would love to welcome you at our Welcome Center, our Connection Center outside of service to get your name, um, some of your information to make sure you can stay plugged in on what's going here at Converge. Also, if you're not already, please follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, at We Are Converge. It's your quickest way of staying up to date of what's going on here at Converge. So when we have changes or dates to give you, um, yes, we'll email, but follow us on social as well so you can get those updates. And you, again, as you may have noticed, our students are not meeting today, but typically they meet the second and fourth Sunday of every month. So bring your middle school, high school students in. They are having an awesome time back there in the rail. We're having lives saved and having fun doing it. So um, make sure you bring your junior high, high school students. I know sometimes it's um, hard to get them out of bed early on a Sunday morning. I can speak as my nephew. Thank you for coming today, Sebastian. <laughs> um, but that's not uh, that's the case for a lot of students that age, but they are having a great time. It's so worth it when they show up. So um, get them here. It's, it's awesome. And again, lives are being saved. So we welcome you to join us for that. All righty. So one of the things that we had shared with you guys last week was that we are in the midst of our Serve Team Fair, and we were doing that every day or every Sunday after service for the next couple of weeks. However, in lieu of the Serve Team Fair, because we are serving, or because we are celebrating, I should say, we are not going to be doing the Serve Team Fair after service today, but we do have some QR codes strategically placed around uh, the, the worship center or the, uh, the lobby at the Welcome Center, at the coffee bar and things. So if you're interested in joining us, if you've been here for a while and you want to si sign up for a serve team, you'll see some of those signs and you can scan the QR code and, and, and sign up for a serve team that way. All righty. We also, I, I like interactive, so I'm going to say a word and I want you guys to repeat. I'm going to say the word February. February. I'm going to say it again, February. February. All righty. We've got a couple of things kicking off in February that we want to make you aware of. The first is that our winter mester V groups, which is our small groups, are kicking off in February. It's going to have a four-week series, and it's going to be focused on Converge Her and Converge Men. So Converge Men, our men will be leading the way and kicking off first on Saturday, February 4th. Fight Club will be meeting on Saturday, February 4th, and every other Saturday for four weeks at 8 a.m. right here at Converge. We'll have more details on how you guys can get connected in that way. And then, not last and never least, our ladies... Converge Her will be meeting on Wednesday evenings right here at Converge, 7 p.m., beginning Wednesday, February 8th. So 
save those dates, mark your calendars. We want you to get connected because what we say is here on Sunday mornings, we're all sitting in these rows side by side, but V groups, that is where you're going to find your circle, where you are going to do life in circles face to face. So we admonish you, we implore you, we encourage you, find your circle today, amen? Amen. And then Next Steps is going to be kicking off on Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, February 5th, immediately following Converge Live. If you have been here for a while and you're considering making Converge your home, we are honored and we want to just share with you a little bit about our vision, our culture, our DNA, any questions that you guys might have about how we do things here at Converge, that is where Next Steps is going to help you. So. More details will be coming on how you can sign up, but again, Sunday, February 5th, immediately following Converge Live, mark your calendars. And that is all that Cassie and I have, but the next voice that you will hear will be from Pastor Jesse for our Blessed Life segment. Amen. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Come on, help me somebody. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for coming. We're excited that you decided to come and worship here at Converge Church. We're happy to see you, glad to see you. We want to see you. We want to see you every week here at Converge Church. So thank you so much for coming. Well, it's that time where we get the opportunity to worship God with our giving. And so if you want to give, we want to make that opportunity available to you. But let me share a couple of things with you. As you know, most of the time at this time of the year, it's time for us to give you your giving statements. And the way we do that is, first of all, if you have an email, we're going to send you an email. It's going to be a link to your giving statement. All right. So you can do, you can expect that also you can go to weareconverged.com and you can click on give on that area and you can also see your email, see your giving statement. Now, if you have any questions, you can always send an email to accounting at weareconverge.com. If you have any questions, you can also call the number that we have here at the church and they'll direct it to me and we'll answer any questions that you may have. But we believe everything is self-explanatory. This week, you'll receive an email that'll give you instructions on how to do it, but they won't be available until Friday. Okay, you will get instructions on how to do it, but they will not be available until Friday, okay? And if we don't have an email for you, if we have a valid address, we will send it to your address as well, okay? All right, if you got any questions, you can ask me, if you see me around at the church, and we'll be more than happy to help you, all right? All right, now, if you, if you need an envelope, the ushers have one. Please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Several ways to give here, you can go to our website, at weareconverge.com. You can also go to our app, which you can put on your phone, your Converge app, and you can click on the Give icon, and you can give that way as well. You can also give by having, if you have Zelle or if you have Cash App, you can also use those platforms uh, to give as well. Amen? Look at someone and say, you're looking good. Look at someone and say, look at someone and say, you're giving good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bow your heads and let's pray and let's thank God for our offering today and thank God for you today. Heavenly Father, you've been so good to us. God, we're not going to rush giving thanks. We're going to take a moment 
Take a moment. Don't rest. Think about it. What God's done for you this week. Think about how he blessed you. Think about how he's given you your increase. And that's what we're thanking God for. And we're showing God how much we love him by giving to him. By obeying his word. By giving our tithes and giving our offering. By honoring God with everything that we own. We're blessing God. And when you bless God, there's no telling what God might do for you. God bless us as we give today. We give with the right heart. We give with the right intention. We give, oh Lord, with cheerfulness. We give, God, because we want to see the kingdom grow. Bless the people who give today, almighty God, and bless us, God, to be good stewards of what you bless us with. We're believing, God, that we are in your hand, and God, and that you're going to direct us. God, we receive your tithes and we receive your offerings today. In the name of Jesus, let us all say together, amen. time I said are you ready for the word this morning listen the psalmist said it this way I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord we're glad you're here I'm glad to be here and this is the promise that we have these are the words in red from the Lord Jesus himself he said where two or three are gathered together in his name there he is in the midst of them so we acknowledge the Lord's presence here with us this morning we trust that no one will leave as they came in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone who ever experienced or encountered Jesus walked away transformed. And we trust that you will have the same experience this morning in the presence of the Lord. Well, listen, it is our third birthday. It's our third anniversary here. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous, y'all, in our Eyes. I would be remiss if I didn't give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, we have a very special guest with us this morning. Uh, uh, we had no idea uh, uh, he would be here. Uh, he is a former classmate of Pastor Wendy's from Alabama State in the early 90s. He showed up this morning. He kind of snuck in, sat right behind us. Everybody show your love. A rowdy, loud, and proud Converge Nation. Welcome to our friend Patrick Gaydon. Why don't you stand? Come on, somebody. From around the city and around the world, they're coming in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to dive into the Word this morning, and uh, we'll be mindful of our time, but I am super excited. There's so many things that I want to say. I've got to edit my message almost in real time, but I trust that whatever I share today will be exactly what you need, exactly when you need it, in Jesus' name. Let us pray and look to God's Word together. Father, we thank you for your precious Holy Word, and I ask you, God, now to speak a word in season to every heart in this place. 
Father, I thank you for your promise that your word will never return unto you void. It will always prosper in the thing whereunto it is sent. So, Father, give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and God, give us the courage and the willingness to do. For it is in the doing of your word that our lives are blessed and transformed. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. It is Vision Sunday 2023. I have several things I want to share with you this morning, but I would be remiss if I didn't start with these, uh, I, I guess, um, uh, 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 verses from Scripture that are uh, absolutely essential when it comes to understanding the necessity of vision. Vision not only corporately uh, for our church, but vision even for your own life personally. Amen? Yogi Berra said it this way, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere else. God wants you to live on purpose with a purpose. In fact, it was Dr. Miles Monroe who said, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Meaning, if you don't know the purpose for which a thing was created, if you don't know the purpose for which something exists, if you don't understand and wrestle with and ultimately embrace the purpose for which God created you, abuse is inevitable. The word abuse comes from two words. It's a compound word that means abnormal use. That if you and I don't discover our God-given purpose, we are bound to abuse our time, our talent, and our treasure. So God wants us in 2023 and beyond to live intentionally and deliberately. The reason that's important is because your God-given purpose is not for you to decide, it's for you to discover. I'll say that again. Your God-given purpose and the vision that God has for your life is not for you to decide, it's for you to discover. It is God-appointed, not self-assumed. Meaning God decided long ago what his plan and his purpose for your life would be. That's why he said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you. For Jeremiah, it was to be a prophet. But for every person in this building, under the sound of my voice, long before one of your days ever came to be, God already had a design and he already had a destiny for you. And our part is to discover what God has already decided. And so it's our tradition here at Converge Church that after our 21 days of prayer and fasting, after leaning in and pressing in and seeking God for his direction and his purpose, we announce what the trajectory of our church is going to be. Let me tell you why that's important. Most people go through life making decisions independent of God and asking God to bless and endorse their agenda. Yet the scripture says in Psalm 66 and verse 12 that God crowns the year with his goodness and his paths drip with abundance. Not the path I make for myself, but when I align my life with God's path, it is already blessed of God. And so this morning, our anchor text is lifted from Acts chapter 26 and verse 19. These are the words of Paul. As Paul is standing before King Agrippa and making his own defense before King Agrippa for preaching the gospel, this is what, what, what Paul says to King Agrippa. 
He says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Meaning Paul acknowledged first and foremost that his life was driven and motivated by what God had already determined, not what he decided for himself. We go through this ritual every year and we make our New Year's resolutions and we set our goals, but I wonder how many of us take the time to invite God into our decision-making process. Don't, no show of hands, but I wonder how many of us when we were uh, vision boarding and goal setting and writing down what we hope to accomplish this year, how many of us stopped long enough to invite God into the process? The wisest man who ever lived, Solomon said it this way, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And I wonder how many of us go through life frustrated because we don't see the answers we desire because we've been asking God to bless what we created. See, the beauty of prayer, and we've said it here before at Converge Church, and it bears repeating, is when we pray, we're not informing God about our situation, we're inviting God to be the solution to our situation. That's why Jesus said, even your father knows what things you have need of even before you ask. So for the last 21 days, we've been inviting God into our situation, and we're also, we've also been asking God for his direction, for the heavenly vision, what he has decided and determined and purposed already for us to do. Are y'all with me? So the scripture says that vision is, appoint, is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it. It says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who runs, who reads it, might run with it. Uh, there's another sort of uh, uh, foundational verse as it relates to vision, and I want to share this quick with you quickly. Uh, and it simply says in, in Proverbs 29 and verse 18 that where there is no vision, people perish. That, that, that phrase, people perish, literally means people live without restraint. When you don't have vision, you live without guardrails. And when you live without guardrails, a wreck is in inevitable. Vision is a divine restraint that keeps our lives on course. And where there is no vision, the scripture says, we run amok. Anything goes. What is God's vision for this local church? And my admonition to you as I share this is uh, that the principles I'm about to share are not only for our church collectively. There's significance and there is application for you personally. Are y'all with me? If I were to choose a title for today's uh, talk, it would simply be, it would be twofold. And I kind of vacillated before these two titles. The first one is A Heavenly Vision. 
But the second title that was kind of in my heart was simply Cadence. Cadence. One of the first things they taught us in the army, and I had the awesome privilege of serving, come on somebody, with the 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, all my soldiers say, who, what? Uh, uh, Y'all kind of said that like Air Force. Let's try the Army way. So I enlisted in uh, Trenton, New Jersey and shipped out of Philadelphia to Fort Jackson, Kentucky for basic training. Eight weeks of basic training. One of the first things that they did was they stripped us of our individual identity. Uh, Everybody got the same haircut. They took all your personal clothes, all your personal effects. This was before cell phones. So you got to call home once a week on the weekends and you had to wait in this long line for the person in front of you to finish their call before you could call home. But one of the first things they taught us was how to walk, march, and run in cadence. So the drill sergeant would step out and we'd be in formation and we'd start to run or march and he would call out cadence. And whatever the drill sergeant said, we repeated. Because the cadence determined our rhythm. The drill sergeant's cadence determined our pace. May I submit to you that when you have a heavenly vision, you are moving, living, walking in cadence with God. And so what does that cadence look like? What does it look like to walk with God? Enoch had this testimony that he walked with God. And in 2023, we want to be about so much more than just showing up on Sunday morning. We want God's will, nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. And sometimes walking with God is going to look unlike anything or anyone around you. That's why Angela Monet said, those who danced were thought quite insane by those who didn't hear the music. When you walk in cadence with God, there are going to be people who won't understand why you do what you do. Because they can't hear the music and the cadence of the heavenly vision that you are tuned into. I'm talking about cadence. I'm talking about obedience to the heavenly vision. What God is asking you to do, not what you're asking God to bless. Because my plans and God's will very rarely align. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. Without God, my plans, what I want, rarely looks like what God has purposed. And so prayer brings me into alignment with the will of God. Vision. Vision. Helen Keller was once asked... What could possibly be worse than being born blind? Because Helen Keller was a a brilliant 
brilliant songwriter, author, did so much good in her lifetime. She overcame blindness and those who saw the fruit and the productivity of her life marveled. Listen to me. You have a choice in life. You can make pain your prison or you can make it your platform. And here's Helen Keller, born blind, who allowed God to accomplish great things through her one solitary life. And so one day she's being interviewed and the reporter asked her, he said, Miss Keller, what could possibly be worse than being born blind? And to that question, Helen Keller replied, to have sight, but no vision. There's so many of us in this building today who have sight, visual acuity, but have no vision. And we forget to realize that vision is not a function of your eyes, it is a function of your heart. And that's why in Acts chapter 26, Paul begins to recount his Damascus Road experience. And he talks about being blind for three days. And you know when God gave him the vision for his life? When he was blind. Notice the contradiction in the paradox that God gave a blind man vision. Because vision is not a function of what you can see. In fact, vision requires you to walk by faith and not by God wants to stir something in your heart beyond what you and I can see. And every act of faith is preceded with, by an illogical instruction. It's going to make absolutely no sense. Somebody say cadence. I'm going to get to our vision for 2023, but I'll, I had to say that to you to understand where we're going, and I'm going to go fast and furious. The word cadence is simply defined as the flow or rhythm of events, especially the pattern in which something is experienced. Flow, rhythm, pattern. So say this with me, understand the plan, follow the pattern, receive the promise. That's cadence. God wants you to understand that he has a plan. He wants you to follow his pattern, not yours, his pattern, so you can receive the promise. That's what cadence looks like. Because when we followed our drill sergeant, no one had the luxury of saying what they wanted to say. When we followed our drill sergeant, nobody had the luxury of doing what they wanted to do. We followed the cadence of our leader. And I wonder how many of us are living li This is what the scripture said in Proverbs 18. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. It seems right. It seems good. But how many of you realize that you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong? And God wants us to realign our lives with a heavenly vision. Have you stopped long enough to ask God 
to invite God in 2023 in your decision making? Or are you just doing whatever you think is cool or makes sense? And we follow what is popular instead of what is prophetic. Okay, cadence. What does this mean? What does it look like to live with cadence? I'm going to unpack this for you through the life of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. One day he hears news of the despair that his people are living in in Jerusalem. Because the walls around Jerusalem are broken down and in disrepair, and the scripture says God's people had become a reproach. They were defenseless against their enemies. They had been in that condition for a while. But notice Nehemiah's response. He was the king's cupbearer, meaning he didn't just taste wine to make sure it wasn't poisoned. He was a confidant to the king. So Nehemiah was in a very comfortable situation. Yet when he heard of the plight of his people in Jerusalem, he set himself to pray for six months. Something about the condition of his people prompted him to seek God to be the solution. Can I just say this to you? Everything God creates, he creates to be the solution to a problem that exists somewhere in the world. That means when he created you, he created you to be the solution to a problem that exists somewhere in your proximity. And so when, when, when Nehemiah hears news, and I'm, I'm telling you about the needs you see around you, our sensitivity to the needs that we see around us because God may want for you to be his solution to that need. And as Nehemiah began to pray, God said, you do something about it. Isn't that how we pray often? God, talk to somebody and so they can do something about it. And what you will discover sometimes in prayer is that God will call you to be the solution. And in God calling you to be the solution, he will force you out of your comfort zone. And you already know what we say about comfort zones here at Converge Church. Yeah, comfort zones are where your dreams go to die. They don't make your life safe, they make your life small. What if in 2023, coming out of this season of prayer, God is pulling you and pulling me out of our comfort zones in response to the needs around us? So Nehemiah prays six months, and God said, you do something about it. If you're going to walk in cadence with God, the first thing he's going to do is give you clarity. He's going to give you clarity about why you were created what your part is in being the solutions to the problems around you. And in that moment, God says to Nehemiah, I know you're living in a place of comfort, but I want you to give it up in order to help people who are suffering. Hmm. Clarity, it comes through prayer. If we're going to walk in cadence with God, we have to seek God's face for clarity. 
Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 says it this way. Uh, uh, Call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things you don't know. People ask me all the time, Pastor Ray, what should I do with my life? I say pray. Because God will answer and he will show you great and mighty things you don't know yet. He'll give you clarity. The beauty of clarity is simply this. Not every problem is yours to solve. Not every problem is yours to solve. Hmm. There are some problems you will encounter, and God will give you a burden. Some problems you'll encounter, and God will give you a call. I watch TV all the time, and we get mail all the time about different needs around the world. I wish I had the wherewithal to meet every single need. But some people mistake the burden with the call. The burden simply means maybe I'm supposed to do something and get involved. The call means I become the solution. Prayer will give you clarity. I had a friend who became a missionary because somebody preached in the service, tugged at their heart. So they packed up everything and went to the mission field and failed miserably because they weren't called to it. They only had a burden for it. Not every problem that exists is yours to solve. So if you'll be more selective, God will make you more effective. And it only comes when you walk in cadence with God and you allow him to give you clarity. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse, says, verse 10 says that there are many voices in the world, none without significance. That means there will be voices constantly pulling at you. And every voice you hear will have weight unless you get clarity from God. Are you all with me? The A of cadence. If you're going to find cadence this year in 2023, and that's what we're doing with God. He's giving us clarity. But clarity will produce the second thing in cadence, which is, here it is, alignment. Alignment. A clearly articulated vision will help you decide what and where to align your life to. Because not every good thing is intended for you. In Nehemiah chapter 2, the scripture says in verse 11, So I came to Jerusalem and I was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Because alignment requires the right people. Because not everybody will align with the vision that God has given you. But notice what Nehemiah does. Notice what Nehemiah does. In verse 17, after he had surveyed the walls, after he had made his personal assessment, then he went to the leaders. And then he said to the leaders in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, He said, I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let 
us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. He clearly articulated the vision. This is what we're about to do. We're about to rebuild this wall so we can no longer be a reproach. And in verse 18, he says, I told them of the hand of God, which was upon my life, and also of the king's words that he had spoken. And then they said, let us arise and build. Listen to me. When you have clarity, God will align you with the right people, and clarity will allow you to be decisive. Most people don't have clarity, so they align themselves with the wrong people and the wrong things, and they become indecisive. The reason this is important is because the scripture says the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and let not that man think he will receive anything from God. Meaning, if I don't have clarity, if I don't have the right alignments, if I am indecisive, God can't even answer my prayers. Because I'm double-minded. And often the reason we're double-minded is we, we're unsure about what to align our lives to. And we become indecisive. But notice what happens after Nehemiah cast vision. All the people said, let us rise up and build. When you have a clearly articulated vision for your life, God will call situations, circumstances, and people to align with the vision that you have. In 2023, ask God for clarity. Trust God to send the right alignments. Be decisive in what God shows you to do. Be decisive. And that's why we say here at Converse Church, understanding can wait, obedience can't. There are some things when God speaks to you, you have to do. The understanding will come later because God often gives us illogical instructions. And you heard me share the story about how we moved 17 miles east to McKinney and in moving to McKinney, following an illogical instruction, when we didn't have the understanding, we still did what God said. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Decisiveness is important because it influences your execution. Are y'all with me? There are some issues that we have in life because we don't have a strategy, but there are certain issues that we have, not because we don't have strategy, but because the execution is poor. Coaches get fired all the time. And sometimes it's because of bad strategy. But sometimes coaches get fired because the players on the field have trouble executing the strategy. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not just in your strategy. It's also in how you execute. Let me unpack that for you. It's not about your effort. Sometimes it's about your approach. And that's why Solomon said in Ecclesiastes that the man who doesn't sharpen his axe has to work harder. 
And sometimes the difference between struggling to cut down the tree and cutting down the tree quickly is simply my axe. Are you all with me? Okay. Execution. Uh, these are things I'll unpack over the next several weeks. Um, but I'm going to get through this quickly. We've got the C, we've got the A, we've got the D, we've got the E. The N of cadence. The N of cadence, and this is where most of us are going to struggle. But the N of cadence is that if you're going to walk in cadence with God, you have to choose non-conformity. You have to dare to be different. You can't be popular and powerful at the same time. And there will be moments in your life this year when God will challenge you to do things differently than everybody else. Do it anyway. I hope you'll hear what I'm saying. George Bernard Shaw said this way in his book, uh, Superman. This this is what George, y'all ready for this? He said, the reasonable man conforms to the world around him. The unreasonable man expects the world to conform to him. Thus, all progress is made by the unreasonable man. No, I'll say that again. The reasonable man conforms to the world around him. Those are the people in this room who go with status quo. They follow what is popular. The unreasonable man expects the world to conform to him, so he goes the opposite direction as God is leading him. Thus, all progress is made by the unreasonable man. Are you willing this year to go against the green because of what God is telling you to do? Okay. Are y'all tracking with me? Yes, sir. Let, me, let me tell you my struggle right now. Can I tell you my struggle? Because yeah. last week when Pastor Raymond was here, y'all were screaming and shouting. <laughs> when I'm up here preaching, y'all be quiet. And y'all said, Pastor, we listening. <laughs> yeah, notice my side eye I'm giving y'all right now. How come y'all weren't quiet and listening when Pastor Raymond was preaching? Y'all were fist bumping, doing cartwheels. I'm like, are we preaching to the same church? I ain't bitter though, can you tell? Okay, we're going to close, we're going to close. Non-conformity. Be willing to go against the grain. Dare to be different. Non-conformity. Second C, in cadence, if we're going to walk with God, is going to be collaboration. Collaboration. God designed the kingdom for the kingdom to be collaborative, not competitive. So as they're building the wall, notice what the scripture says. And I wish I had time to drill down. I don't have time because I've been fasting for 21 days and I'm ready for some Tex-Mex right after... Focus. I'm sensing a queso anointing coming on right now. 
Stay focused, Pastor. Collaboration. Why is collaboration important? Collaboration is important because one is too small a number to accomplish anything great. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, bring others with you. Life requires partnership. For those of us who live in silos, and those of us who say, well, I don't fool with people. Trey, you were talking about that lady when God gave her an instruction? Huh? Most of us, if God had told us the very same thing, go borrow some jars from your neighbors, you would have been stuck because you already done cussed out your neighbor. You already told them how much you hate them. And you don't realize that your miracle is tied to them. What God desires to do next in you will require collaboration. It will require partnership. And let me tell you about people in Scripture that are lone rangers. You ready for this? Let me talk to the single people for a second. When, when my wife and I counsel single people, we call it the Georgie Porgy syndrome. Georgie Porgy, pudding in pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. But when the boys came out to play, what Georgie do? Georgie Porgy ran away. Let me tell you something. There's a lot you can tell about a person's character by the conspicuous absence of people around him. Somebody say Samson. When I read scripture, I see Elijah and Elisha. I see Moses and Joshua. I see Paul and Timothy. I see Paul and Silas. Samson? All by himself. You know why? Samson had Georgie Porgy syndrome. Samson was putting in pie. Samson had game. And on top of Samson's game, he had her. That, that, that'll take it to the next level. Single ladies, man, they see them dudes without her. What, what's the commercial? What's the, what's the commercial with the 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 the, the, the shampoo? No, not had a show. Is it Garnier? No, that's another one. Uh huh. Herbal Essence. Come on, somebody. Samson showed up, man. Freshly washed hair. Herbal Essence. Let me, say, let me tell you why I shared that verse. Yeah. Can you put Proverbs 18.1 on the screen? And I'm going to wrap up. Proverbs 18.1. Proverbs 18.1, I think that's it. I'm, I'm giving you warnings. I'm giving you warnings so you can make better decisions in 2023 with who you choose to collaborate with. Proverbs 18 and verse 1. Notice what it says. A man who isolates himself seeks what? His own desire. You know why? Because he rages against 
all wise judgment. When we sit down with single people, who are your friends? Oh, I don't fool with people. Mm. I wonder why. Georgie Porgy syndrome. If I can isolate myself, I can seek my own desire, do what I want to do with no accountability. I can kiss the girls. I can make them cry. But when the boys show up, when the real men show up, Listen to me, when the converged men show up, yeah. let me get a whoo, 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 whoo. And all the men said, dilly, dilly. <laughs> if you come to our converged men's Bible study, fight club, you'll hear us say, dilly, dilly. Let me tell you why that's important. Let me tell you why that's important. This requires collaboration. Yes, sir. The next season of your life requires friends. It requires friends. Um, man, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, next Sunday. Yes, sir. Friends. Notice what the scripture says about collaboration. As they built the wall. It says in Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 1, and I'm about to wrap up for real. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and hung its doors. They built it as far as the tower of the hundred and consecrated it. Then as far as the tower of Hananel. Notice verse 2. Next to Eliashib, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zachor, the son of Imri, built. I didn't put the whole passage there, but they stood side by side and built the wall. It required cooperation. Here's the final E, and then I'll tell you what we're all about here. Cadence with God is ultimately going to require endurance. Endurance. And I'll just read the text. Not everybody is going to celebrate your vision. No matter how good it is. No matter how noble it is. Obedience to God often attracts opposition. Let me level set expectations. So here's Nehemiah doing something good for the people. And Sanballat and Tobiah and one other guy all opposed him and wanted to, sh they, they made sure, they did everything within their power that he wouldn't succeed. But walking with God, listen to me, walking with God requires endurance. Uh, I need to stop right there, otherwise I, I, I go somewhere. It requires endurance. It requires endurance. In fact, Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message paraphrase of the Bible, wrote a book on discipleship. And he called it long obedience in the same direction. Listen to me. 
There are some of us who forfeit God's plan and God's promise for our life because we quit prematurely. We don't have the long obedience in the same direction. I ain't talking about changing course. I'm not talking about jumping ship. I'm talking about endurance. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Endurance. So the scripture says, the scripture says it this way. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to close that they became very angry. There are certain kind of people you deal with in your life. People hear the dream and dismiss it. That's just Ray and Wendy, whatever. I could tell you firsthand experiences with that. When we shared the dream with certain people and they dismissed it. There are certain people you will share your dream with and they will despise you for dreaming because they get uncomfortable. I'm talking to Joseph's brothers. That your dream from God will expose and reveal that their insecurities. There are some people who say, oh, psh, whatever. There are some people who will hate you for your audacity to dream beyond your current condition. There are some people who only love you because of where you are now, but can't handle the next iteration and the next version of you. Dream big anyway. Dream big, I wish I could tell you stories. I wish I could tell you stories about the treatment my wife and I have gotten at the hands of pastors. Ain't got time to be bitter. It's made us better, though. What was I talking about? Some people despise the dream. Some people dismiss the dream. And there are people you will encounter, and this is why you need endurance in 2023, who will try to destroy you. Because they think that in, in their attempt to destroy you, the dream will die with you. I'm still talking to Joseph's brothers. Throw me in a pit and the dream will die. Potiphar's wife, lie on me. And you think the dream will die. Throw me in a prison and you think the dream will die. Forget about me in the prison after I interpret your dream and you think the dream will die. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Cadence with God requires endurance. And just because the fulfillment of the promise isn't immediate, it doesn't mean it's not inevitable. I told you I was going to close, right? Which closing is this? It's number four. Okay. Let's, let's keep it. My wife said, keep it under six. I'm going to keep it at four because I like, this is my fourth and final close. 
Fourth and final. Notice what scripture says. They became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. Come on, somebody. Invite God into your crisis. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, notice, notice verse 10. Verse 10, Judah said, we're tired. Sometimes waiting on God can make you weary. He said, we're tired. We got nothing left. The scripture says they had spears in one hand and a shovel in another hand. And every man on the wall kept a, kept a knife or a sword on his side. Doing the will of God. And I got to deal with foolishness and mayhem. Cadence with God requires endurance. And so notice what he said. The strength of the laborers is failing and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Verse 14, and I looked and I arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. And this is our anchor text for our men's ministry. Notice what it says in Nehemiah 4, 14. Remember the Lord your God, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Listen to me. Fight for your wives. Fight. Contend for your wives. It is the sin of Adam in the garden. His indifference. His indifference to what was happening in his house and the conversations that his wife was forced to have because she couldn't talk to him. And don't you realize, men, that your indifference will force her to be independent against her will because you won't man up and lead your family spiritually. You know who does it? Your wife. We don't, do, we don't play that here at Converge Church. We lead our families spiritually. And let me make it crystal clear to you. We are Ephesians chapter 5 men. We love our wives as Christ loved the church. And for those of you who come from traditions where they say, well, you're the woman, submit to me. No, nah, hold on now. Y'all better be here next month. We're doing a whole series on relationship, doing a whole series on marriage. I got some friends coming in. We're going to drop some truth bombs. Sheesh. Oh, man, I'm going to... You don't want this smoke. Brooks? I'm, listen, you messing with Shannon Sharp right now. That's a Shannon. Listen, you. Okay, I gotta let y'all go. Y'all, y'all keep messing with me, men. At Converge, we man up. Listen to me, and we love our wives. And when we read Ephesians five, being a godly man, it is not about lordship. It's about leadership. 
how did I even get on that? Oh, verse 14. He says, fight for your wives. So many wives in the church who live quiet lives of desperation. I'm talking to the men now. Man up. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your wives. Fight for your sons and your daughters. You waving your white flag at the wrong things. You don't surrender when it comes to your family. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? You don't surrender when it comes to your family. You need endurance. So the scripture says in verse 41, so we labored in the work and half of the men held their spears until daybreak. At the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servants stay at night in Jerusalem that they may be our guard by night and a working party by day. God, I'm doing your will. I need security now? You need endurance. Notice verse 23. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. I'm talking about the inconvenience of obedience. Long obedience in the same direction. Okay. So here it is. What are we going to focus on in 2023 I'm going to go fast and furious. We told you the Lord gave us three directions or three instructions when we became Converged Church. One of those instructions came from Luke chapter 18 and verse 19. As Jesus is walking into Jericho, he encounters Bartimaeus down and out, begging for alms, begging for change in a cup. He heals Bartimaeus and the news of the miracle precedes Jesus into Jericho. And in Jericho, there's a man who's the chief tax collector named Zacchaeus. He hears news of the miracle. He's begging for change, but he's not begging for change in a cup. He's begging for the change of his heart. Jesus said, and this is where we get the name Converge. Jesus called us to be the intersection of Christ and culture. That as a church, we will simultaneously put one hand on Bartimaeus and one hand on Zacchaeus, that we would engage Zacchaeus so that we could empower Bartimaeus. That these two worlds would intersect right here at this church. There are people in this church, right in this building right now, who identify with Zacchaeus. God has blessed them immeasurably. When, when Zacchaeus encountered Jesus, he said, I'll give away half of what I have. And I've defrauded anybody. I will pay them back four times what I took from them. Meanwhile, Bartimaeus has this new experience where he's no longer blind. But guess what? Healing brings responsibility. Because now Bartimaeus got to go find a job. Somebody got it right over there in that section. He can't beg no more because he can see. And what God has called us to do as a church beyond Sunday morning is to lift people out of their brokenness. 
listen to me, so that they can become all that God created them to be. God is calling us to be a church that is not just a good Samaritan, but the kind of church that makes the entire Jericho Road safe. Y'all missed it. It's one thing to be a good Samaritan and help somebody one time. But the entire road that they travel is unsafe. So it's only a matter of time before you have to do it again. Unless by divine intervention, you make Jericho Road safe. That's what God has called us to do right here in this city and in this community. And he's going to help us do it by the grace of God. So here it is. Next three to six months, Vision 2023. Next three to six months, pastor needs some help. Next three to six months, as God enables us, as he allows us supernaturally, we're going to add staff, part-time. Yeah. Thank you for the polite golf clap. Yes. Tiger Woods steps up to the hole. He's about to put it on. For the polite clap. Moses needed Aaron and her to hold up his hands. Whenever he grew weary, Israel began to lose the battle. But when Aaron and her came alongside him, they were able to prevail. So in 2023, we're going, we yeah, we're going to get some help and add some staff. And God has helped us to identify some people who will help us grow to the next level in the name of Jesus. In the next six to 12 months, in the next six to 12 months, we will be converting, we'll be converting some of the spaces that we have here at this facility to help us with our, what we're calling our community empowerment initiatives. Are y'all with me? So we're looking at some opportunities with some of our partners in the marketplace that will help us with STEM. Here it is. STEM in college prep. Let me tell you why that's important. Uh, my daughter, who's in college now, incredibly smart, but she always had text, test anxiety, I think only around the SAT and ACT. So we had to spend hundreds of dollars. Hundreds. Hundreds of dollars to get her SAT score up. Are you all with me? There are kids all around here in our community whose opportunities are limited by their ability to have certain scores. If we're going to make Jericho Road safe, we're going to do our part to empower these young men and these young women to have opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise. In science, technology, engineering, mathematics, college prep, those are practical things. I know, I know y'all want to hear me talk about how we're going to save people across the world. We're already doing that. But we've got to take care of Jericho Road right around us. Listen to me. One of the ways we build generational wealth in America is home ownership. So with some of our partners, we're going to create spaces where people can come if they need credit counseling and so they can purchase their first home and begin to build generational wealth. We're going to convert spaces in this building for uh, creative arts where kids can come into our state-of-the-art studio not only to learn music, but they will learn music production. They will learn how to record. Y'all not listen to what I'm saying. 
We will also have Studio B, where kids will be taught photography, videography, video editing, so they have more opportunities while they're in high school and after they get out of high school, where they don't, their first job doesn't necessarily have to be at Whataburger. But by the time they get out of college, they, uh, high school, they'll be making real money. That's how you make Jericho Road safe. It's not just about showing up on Sunday morning and telling people Jesus loves them. How does Jesus love me? It's going to happen right here. The next six to 12 months is going to happen on this property. How it happens, I don't know yet. But we serve a big, big God. Oh, here it is. I'm super excited about this one. I'm super excited about this one because in the next 24 to 36 months, we've already been consulting with an incredible school in Baltimore. And our dream is to put a school right here on this property. Listen to me, that will be a language immersion academy. I'll tell you what that means. That will also be IBO certified, International Baccalaureate Organization certified. So we can raise up global citizens that will solve world problems. So Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? The young lady we've been talking to started uh, the exact same language immersion academy in Baltimore, inner city Baltimore. They've been so successful that they had to open a second campus in inner city Baltimore. When the kids show up, they have, I think, five tracks that they can choose from. When they walk through the doors, because it is a language immersion academy, all of their instruction while they're on campus is in one of those languages. When they walk onto the campus, there's Spanish, there's French, there's Arabic, there's Chinese, and Russian. There are children in inner city Baltimore right now who, when they walk into that classroom, are being educated not only in the language of foreign countries, but in the culture and the history of foreign countries so that we can raise up global citizens who change the world. It's going to happen right here in the next 24 to 36 months. You said, Pastor Ray, well, what about the poor? Absolutely. We're doing that as well. And our approach is to simply partner with people who are already doing it. We have partners in the city who say, hey, man, we need food. We need clothes. Why should we start our own thing when we can partner with them? So there's a beautiful lady here all the way from South Dallas. She's a guest of Ina and uh, Cassandra. Listen to me. We already got a check for Carter's house that we're going to get to you before you leave today. Amen? Because God has called us to be a church that makes Jericho Road safe. Here's my final close. Second day of the fast. I'm praying, it's about 3 a.m. You know how the Lord wake you up at 3 a.m.? And you act like you ain't listening? The Lord takes me to Genesis 18, and he says, Ray, is that, do I hear music coming from somewhere? Is this, is this the Apollo? Are they about to sweep me off the stage? Sandman, who the, no, you can't keep playing. That was beautiful, actually. Thank you. Everybody say, thank you, Ben. Thank you, ben. Yeah, yeah, because that's my cue to stop. Um, uh, is there anything too hard for me? 
And so we own this building supernaturally paid for by the grace of God. The gentleman that God used to do it is in the building this morning. The reason, the reason, the reason God endeared me to him, him to me. The reason he said, the two of all together, okay, was simply because when he was at his lowest and he tried to have a meeting with pastors on staff at the church where I was on staff, nobody else would go to lunch with him. One day he calls me out of the blue. Is that Tory? How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Tory Hunter is in the house, man. Bless you. Bless you. Um, listen to me. Um, he calls me up. He said, man, I know you're busy. Is there a time this week that you can get together? For I said, man, I can go now. He said, man, you'll stop what you're doing and go to lunch with me? Absolutely. And that's how we met. You guys have heard the story. He would come and serve, set up Ted out early. Never wanted anything from the church, never paid him a stipend. He was a musician. He'd run sound, whatever we needed to do, he would do. I remember him coming to the house one day and saying, hey, Pastor Ray, <laughs> I need some money for tires and some diapers for my kids. Without hesitation, we stroked him the check. I put that check in his hand, held his hand, prayed a simple prayer from Proverbs 10 and 22. Father, I thank you that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow. After I prayed that prayer, he looked me in the eyes, and this is what he said. He said, Pastor Ray, I will write the first million-dollar check to Converge Church. So here I am. We've downsized from our home. We're living in a two-bedroom apartment with our two young kids. Ken comes, and he needs help to buy tires, and he's saying, I'll write the first million-dollar check to this church. When the opportunity to buy this church came up, God used him, not just to do a million-dollar miracle, but a multi-million-dollar miracle. In the, in the, listen to me, listen to me. From needing diapers to doing this for our church in about four or five years. I know we're celebrating our third anniversary. It doesn't make sense. We've been converged church for three years. Before that, we were city church. Listen to me. God wants to do the same thing in your life if you will learn to walk in his cadence. So the Lord woke me up, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, I started to pray, and he said, is there anything too hard for me? The more I started to pray, I just felt like the Lord was saying, tomorrow morning when you wake up, call and ask about the land next door. We own this building in about uh, just a little over an acre adjacent to us, the, the field right there. But there's another acre, acre and a half uh, that was for sale, but they took, they took, they took, uh, but... They took the sign down right when we closed. So I was like, man, they sold it. Um, so anyway, try to figure out, try to remember the, the company. I called them up. They couldn't find the pr property anywhere on their books. And the young lady said, well, let me, let me call the realtor who was assigned to that property. And uh, she called him up. He called me. I said, man, I don't know what to tell you, but this land next door uh, it was for sale. They, they don't want to sell it. They really want to lease it. And then they just changed their mind and they took it off the market. It's a, about an acre and a half. And said, listen, let me just call the, the family and talk to them and see if they'll be willing to, willing to sell. I say all of that to say, uh, we don't own it yet. But I'm foolish enough to believe yeah. that the reason they even took it off the market yeah. 
was just for us. So because we're walking in cadence with the heavenly vision, not what I want, but what God wants for this church and this community, we believe that God will move heaven and earth, even convince and persuade reluctant property owners to give us what we need for this heavenly vision. Listen to me, as we make Jericho Road safe. Father, would you seal this word in our hearts now? And Father, whether I'm speaking to Zacchaeus today or to Bartimaeus, Father, there's an intersection of the up and out and the down and out. And Jesus, you're right in the middle of it. Father, would you help us to make Jericho Road, this community, this city, but also this community safer for all those who call it home. Jesus, use us to put one hand on Zacchaeus and one hand on Bartimaeus for your glory, for your glory, for your glory as we transform lives in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Did I help anybody this morning? Amen and amen. All righty, Trey, why don't you come? Don't you just appreciate Trey Smith? Incredible young man. Uh, Trey and Natasha and Coquetso and Cree all lead our student ministry. If you have mid-high and high school students, they are in Bring them out. Bring them out. In fact, Bring them out. We'll tell yeah. <laughs> Listen. It's the year to bring them out. To bring them. Listen, this dude. Anyway, I'm trying to convince him to drop some bars. been a long time. I'm reaching. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. Trying Amen. to find it. But listen, why don't you stand with us as we're dismissed? Yes, Trey, yes. Why don't you invite bless you to stand, out? lift your hands, may God bless you and keep you. Hold, make... hold, hold, hold a second. All right. When you, when you walk out, uh, they'll direct you. We've got Blue Goose Cantina, man. Tex-Mex in the rail. Break bread with us. I think the media team, they're trying to patch in the game so you can watch the game if it's, if it's not too early uh, while you eat. Great way to connect, meet some people. Uh, we want to fellowship with you. Hug your neck, shake your hand. If you're a first time guest with us, Pastor Wendy and I will be at the Connection Center. We want to thank you for coming. But please don't be in a hurry. We've got plenty of food. We don't want to take any home. Please stay and enjoy. And God bless you. May God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God show you his favor and give you peace. See everybody next week. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchatweareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. 
Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.